Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I am one of your hosts, Zach, and joining me as always is Aaron. Hello. And today we're doing our E3 2019 rap show. We love to talk about E3 year round. Yeah, I considered uploading our conference recaps as little miniature episodes, but uh, I did not. So if you want to see those, go to our YouTube channel. They're recap shows for all the different uh, press conferences, Nintendo, Microsoft, um, not Sony. I almost said Sony. Um, yeah, all the other ones there, they were fun to do. You get to see like the games we're talking about. So definitely go check out our YouTube channel if you haven't watched those yet. But now we're going to wrap everything up and we're doing the top five games and a few other things. It's going to be a fun time. So do you want to start with the top five games at E3? Let's do it. So you and I deliberated. Each of us have a list of five games we found to be our top five favorite games from E3. We don't know each other's lists. I predict we will have at least two things in common, maybe more, but I'll go ahead and start with my top five. My fifth most liked thing at E3 2019 is Deathloop. Deathloop, really? Deathloop. The reason it's so high on the list is because we didn't see any gameplay and I have no idea how it will play. I just know that it's like from the makers of Obsidian or uh, Dishonored and I love Dishonored and the way you move in it. It's like kind of like a spiritual sequel to Thief a little bit where, you know, you're hiding in darkness and you're sneak attacking people. And, you know, Prey, I think, was also by these people, I want to say. I'm not actually sure. But... Deathloop looks very, very interesting to me, and I am hungry for more details is on it. This is that one where it's like a cinematic trailer of the two people like shooting and killing each other over and over again, and then they'll like wake up again and go back at it again. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I get some of these the newer ones that they only showed like a brief like cinematic for. I get kind of mixed up in my head. I'm very eager to see what this is. Yeah, it seemed cool. I'm curious if it's going to be a co-op game or some sort of uh, like 1v1 multiplayer type of a thing. I I don't know, man. I think it's strictly single player narrative, but I'm basing that off nothing. Yeah, it's hard to say right now. Uh, well, what if they show us another cinematic trailer, but instead of just being like two people in sort of a never ending 1v1, there's like suddenly a bunch more people? No. <laughs> You're talking about a battle royale, aren't you? <laughs> like a hero based battle royale, maybe? I mean, I'm into that. I love <laughs> Apex Legends, yeah. but I'm looking for another like stealth base. I mean, my dream is for someone to make a good version of Thief again, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. And uh, Dishonored, I think, is the closest we're going to get for a while, and this is, I think, going to be in that same vein. I don't know. I'm very interested to see what else, what it's going to be like. Yeah, I will say it's one of the more interesting new IPs that got shown. There, There was a few of them, and this one was definitely one of the more interesting ones. What about you? What's your number five? My number five... And this may shock you, was Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh, what a showing they had. Probably the most talked about thing from this E3. Yeah, the Keanu reveal. And they did say there was another behind closed doors demo. And people were equally blown away by that as well. I've read like text transcripts of what happens in that. And it seems great. Yeah, I want... 
I wish they would stop doing that. I may have to rant at some point about how <laughs> like all the developers are kind of going to these behind closed doors demos instead of like showing games at the actual conference. Uh, I think part of it is because they're sick of those YouTube channels that do like the side by side. This is what you guys showed at E3 mm. and this is what the game actually looks like. And they like don't get that it's aspirational content <laughs> that they're showing just to give us a sense of what the game is going to be. Not necessarily like a promise of what the final game actually is. But then again, from the other perspective like you're trying to sell us on a game based on what you're showing so technically it's Mm -hmm. a little bit like false advertising so i understand both sides of the argument but if it means that we're not going to get to see as many things at e3 because they're all going to be hidden behind closed doors so that they people don't have footage to like attack the devs with later Mm -hmm. then it feels like we're losing something. But but yeah, Cyberpunk is very exciting. And the fact that that Keanu reveal was probably the coolest thing that happened at E3. Just the tip of the iceberg, too, because he it's not just like, a like oh, they had him for a day. He's going to be a cameo. I read that he has the most lines of anyone in Cyberpunk. He's with you, I think, throughout the whole film. I think he's not film, but game. He's like a basically a ghost in the machine, I think. Yeah. Like that only you can see. So I... And also, he's a person from the lore. Uh, I don't really know the lore of Cyberpunk 2020, but uh, I don't know. It's like, that's not just like a a one-off cameo. He's like integral to the plot. So you see him being revealed now and you're like, oh, I wonder if he's just like a one-off side character. Uh, But no, even though they waited so late to reveal that he's in the game, he's supposed to be there from start to finish. And they even said that he helped get some of the dialogue right and sort of help help try to um give some input for some things that are maybe not one of cd project's red strings i don't know necessarily what their dialogue is like in the witcher but that is very interesting to me i love keanu reeves so i'm sure he contributed nothing but good things yeah it's cool that he was able to help on that level and do a lot more than just play a character in it but yeah, I'm very excited about Cyberpunk. But anyway, tell me what your number four is. This was almost, I would call this pre-E3. This was kind of the first thing we looked at. But uh, Baldur's Gate 3 was revealed at the Stadia uh, press conference, which wasn't even in E3. It was like pre-E3. But I loved Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. I played them a ton. I also played, oh man, what was the second thing called? There was a game that came after that I played a bunch as well, but I don't remember the name of it. But it was another like top-down isometric. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, for people that don't know, explain what Baldur's Gate is like to play. It's like Dungeons & Dragons, basically. It was like kind of the first iteration of like, what if Dungeons & Dragons was uh, an isometric, like top-down game where you could like freeze combat second to second and like have a party and whatnot. Maybe not the first iteration, but it's the one that I played and was very popular. And it's just like you can create a character. I don't know about this new one, but in Baldur's Gate, you could create a character. And then there was like this plot where I think your uncle died or something. I don't remember. But then you just sort of like wander around and you can get into con- It's a little bit like Divinity Original Sin, yeah. which like those guys are making this. So I don't know. And I love Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2. So whatever this is, I'm sure it will... I, I would assume at this point that it will look similar to Divinity Original Sin, but who's yeah. to say? Maybe it'll be third person, like 
we don't know what's going to happen, but it's true. I love this universe. Like Baldur's Gate is basically set in like Dungeons and Dragons or what, like on the Sword Coast or whatever. So uh, I don't know. I'm very excited for whatever this. But again, it's high on my list because we didn't get any gameplay. Yeah, there was rumors that this was going to happen. So people kind of already knew to expect it. But I don't think anybody was quite expecting it during the Stadia announcement or the little press conference that they did mm-hmm. and yeah i think the thing i'm most excited about as i didn't play the Baldur's gate games way back when but i have played divinity original sin 2 and i like that game a lot so that's the thing that has me excited about that it's the same developer what about you what's your number four destiny 2 shadow keep Ooh, i almost put this on my list it's maybe one of my honorable mentions but yeah I uh, we, we were talking about this earlier today, texting about it. Both of us are like back on. It's this cycle, man. Every year, <laughs> every year we're done with Destiny and every year we're back on board with Destiny. Yeah, there's always some sort of announcement that like reinvigorates my interest in the series and makes me want to keep playing. I don't know what it is. They, they've got those hooks in us. Yeah, and man. like we'll, we'll play it. Uh, like I play it for sure fairly obsessively for at least a few weeks after a new DLC yeah. comes out and then I'll just like I don't know I'll get tired of it and put it down and I just well you'll have, hit that cap yeah it is kind of the cap really uh, and I'll just hit that cap and I'll have no desire to play for mm-hmm. like six months to a year basically and even though they're announcing oh here's some more content I'm just like yeah I'm not interested whatever I think I'm done <laughs> with destiny but inevitably there's always that other like the big the biggest DLC they have of the year that's the one that always gets me to come back. And this isn't just DLC. This is cross-save. Yeah, is... that's what I was going to say. The reason why this is on my list is because they're they're doing cross-save. It's, it's going to free-to-play on PC. Well, not just PC, but like everywhere. It's going free-to-play. And I can finally download this on Steam. It's making the transition from Battle.net to Steam. And you'll be able to download the game for free. And you can just buy updates from now on. So they're sort mm-hmm. of simplifying the payment model a little bit, which I think is a wise decision. I and think so too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to download this on Steam, port my character from PS4 to Steam, and pick up where I left off. And so, and the know. way this is also like the first content we're getting that's been worked on post they're split with Activision and they talked a lot in the lead up to E3 about like the changing culture at Bungie now that they have everything like in their own hands and everything is good. Like they're talking about like bringing back RPG elements and all the stuff we've been asking for. And just like, I don't know, man, everything about (laughs) there was like, I don't remember what, I think it was pre E3. They had a big thing about shadow keep and you watched it before I did, and you were texting me like, this is everything we've ever wanted. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And then I watched it, and you were right. Like, they just had, like, a list of things they were talking about, and every single one of the beats was like, this is great. This is great. Like, this is also great news. This is great. Let's come to Steam. Awesome. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm super pumped for this. And that's crazy because I think just a couple days earlier, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I think I'm done with Destiny, to be <laughs> honest. And then they, I watched this thing. I was like, oh, it's everything I've ever wanted from Destiny. I think I'm back. They always do it somehow. It's that same thing from Destiny 1 even because both times they had those like Sparrow Racing Leagues 
that was during a period where I was like, whatever, I'm done with this. So I never got to experience Sparrow Racing League because it was always in those like content droughts. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like it's literally from year one. It's been this cycle where like things are great in like September and then stuff kind of dies off basically until next September. Yeah. Like they have a few small content drops in there. Like I know they they did. What was it? I forget the names of them, but there were two towards the end of last year and people were like, you can play through this content in like two hours and then you're <laughs> you're back to being stuck and not having anything yeah. meaningful to do. And so I just kind of like was like, yeah, whatever, not interested. But the, this is a much more substantial update. Plus, they kind of held their ground a little bit where they were like, we're going to keep launching little bits of content here and there. And it has this cumulative effect that by the time you log back in during the big mm-hmm. new DLC, things have taken a substantial change and it's definitely yeah. worth jumping back into. So good for them going solo and uh, correcting things, finally calling it an MMO, doing like all the things people wanted. I think they didn't they get rid of the... Uh, microtransaction store as well they lessened it i think like the eververse is still there but i don't think i'm actually not sure what they're changing i know it's been good like the community is happy with whatever they've done yeah so i mean they're just making a ton of improvements so it's it's pretty exciting i'm looking forward to jumping back into it right we were talking before we started recording and i i want to play it on pc i don't want to jump back into it on ps4 but I want to like start preparing my character to transfer mm-hmm. him to PC. So I'm stuck in this weird phase of not knowing whether I should like go back and play it on PS4 or if I should just wait and download it on Steam and pick it up from there. That is the one bummer is that you do have cross save, but you have to buy new pieces of content specific to platforms. So like if you get Shadow Keep on PS4. You can play Shadowkeep on PS4, but you can only do like regular activities if you play on PC, even though it's the same save yeah. and vice versa. So you'd have to basically buy it twice if you wanted to play it wherever you want to play it. Yeah, and that's why I think when we did our uh, recap of Bungie's little stream that they did for Shadowkeep, I was a little bit down on it just because of like everybody was super excited about cross save, but I was a little bit down on it just because not having cross platform play makes it so that. Like, it's all well and good that you can now move your character from one platform to another. Mm-hmm. But unless your friends move with you, there's not really any point to doing it because now you can't play yeah. with your friends. So it's a little bit like it's nice, but there's still reason you might feel stuck on one platform. But yeah, but uh, maybe they'll get there eventually. But let's move on to your number three. I am curious This is one that I think I have in common with you, and I wonder if it's also your number three. might be your number two or one. Uh, My number three is Watch Dogs Legion. It is not my number three. I am very into this game. I I have to say I'm bummed that it leaked that it was going to be you can play as any NPC because what a reveal that would have been if they did that live. Like That trailer was definitely created to like shock you when the main character died. Yeah. And so it had a little bit less bite after that leaked but it's still true. Watch Dogs 2 I think we've talked about this a ton when we did the Ubisoft I gushed about it but like Watch Dogs 2 is a great game Watch Dogs 1 is an okay game uh I love 
hacking in general as like a, a story element or like a, a skill. And this looks great. I am jazzed to see what kind of crazy gadgets you can get. I am definitely going to play this. I think it is a, I think it's a home run in my book. When is this coming out again? It's later this year, right? I don't remember. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is like in October or November or something. And I will say, even though the information leaked that you can play as any NPC and all that, like it still was a very effective trailer that really... I agree. Like, I think I think I watched this conference before you did as well, and I texted you. I was like, "Your mind's going to be blown by this because <laughs> the it, fact that you can play as an old lady yeah, is crazy." Such variety in gameplay opportunities with that. Now, I do think they said that the like the amount of people you can recruit is a little bit limited, and also. I think it's also based on like a collection of randomly generated traits. So it's not as like free and open as maybe you thought initially, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see because I mean, my go to would probably just be to stick to one character. But if they can incentivize well, me to permadeath. play as different characters, yeah, there's permadeath. Exactly. So I maybe I don't want to get too attached, but if they can incentivize me to mix it up and play as different characters for different missions, I think that would be very fun. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of trying to recruit like a well-balanced roster so that you have somebody ready to go depending on what type of task you have at hand to take care of. So that's that's pretty cool to me. And I'm sure, I think we speculated about this during our Ubisoft recap, but I'm sure it's going to be, there's going to be a mission where you use like multiple people in your crew, just like those specific GTA 5 missions where you're like zooming around the action and like, you're in a helicopter and now you're in a car and like now you're on the side of a building and like everything is happening. You're just like going back and forth. I'm sure that'll make for some really cool cinematic moments. Yeah. Well, and just the fact that like you can play as one character who's like really good at using drones or whatever. And one character who's like an old lady and kind of does like stealth kills or whatever. And then you have another character that like fights like John Wick or something like that. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That seemed really cool to me. So I'm into it. What is your number three, if it's not Watch Dogs Legion? It is another three, Luigi's Mansion 3. Ooh, just announced it's coming out on Halloween. Halloween, the perfect day for that. Actually, I was thinking, I was like, this has to be an October release, like for sure. Mm-hmm. One, because of Halloween, but also just be just looking at the window of time uh, when they have their other big releases uh, for the fall. Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious it was going to have to be October, but it was very on the nose. (laughs) Halloween release. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It just something about the trailer really got to me. It was like something about the way that the the narrator of the trailer and just the visual elements and the music and everything. It really made me think of like the Hollywood Tower of Terror from Disney World. Oh yeah. Like a bunch of cool stuff like that. Um, even like Junkenstein's Revenge from Overwatch. And <laughs> I play that like every Halloween. So I don't know. I think this could be a lot of fun. And I like the the fact that it has like an online mode that's sort of a... Uh, we were talking about it during the our recap where there's like every floor you go up on is like a different challenge to complete. 
I think that could be fun to play even once you finish the main story. So it's cool that yeah, there's going to be... like a roguelite element. Yeah, so it's cool that there's going to be a lot of content to it. I like that it switched from like a mansion setting to like a haunted hotel. And so it seems like there's probably room to have a lot more fun with that. So... And there's Guiji. And Guiji, of course. Can't forget Guiji. Yeah, I'm excited for this as well. I have never played a Luigi's Mansion game except for like in an arcade setting. But this is one I think I'm definitely going to pick up just because I like Luigi as a character. And it genuinely looks super fun. Like there seems like there's some cool puzzles and stuff. Yeah, and like I gave a lot of precedence on this list towards games that I didn't really expect to care about. And then when I saw what they had to show, I was like really impressed by them and it really made me want to play them. And Luigi's Mansion is definitely one of those where I like was not anticipating at all at all. Like I knew that they were making one, but I kind of didn't expect to care about it. And then after what they showed, I was like, I'm definitely getting this game because it looks a lot (laughs) of fun. So yeah, I, I was so pleasantly surprised by it that I think if it can do that much to win me over it deserves to be somewhere on this list but tell me your number two my number two again is hitting that nostalgia like from Baldur's gate 3 but a game i played a ton in high school was vampire the masquerade bloodlines and they released a ton of gameplay footage for vampire the, Blo- uh, the masquerade bloodlines 2 and you know it looks awesome like <laughs> it looks like everything i wanted from bloodlines 1 like bloodlines 1 was a good it was an okay game it was very buggy like specifically there was like a part where i remember man what was the context you had to go to like this crazy ghost mansion uh and there were some ghosts you had to deal with and that that part did not work for me like i i had to like brute force get through it because it kept crashing on my old computer but it was great man i just like all the interactions you can do this is another game where you can hack but it's just like incidental like you can just find like old PCs that like are have like CRTs and just like look at people's emails and that will sometimes help you. Like you're not controlling like gun turrets or anything. These are just like ways to collect information. Like you're not unlocking doors by hacking, but it was cool to do. I like the setting a whole lot. Uh, I like that you can pick your vampire clan just like, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of ways to play. I think you can still be like the insane clan that all of their dialogue is crazy. Uh, this is one I'm definitely going to pick up, even if it gets, it's probably going to maybe get bad reviews if it's like super buggy like the last one was, but I'm still going to pick it up because I, I just like, I love the, uh, the lore of vampire the masquerade yeah it's a game i don't know a lot about i never played the previous one so the previous one is more playable now if you get it on like it's always on sale on steam for like two dollars during summer sales and there's an unofficial fan patch that you can get from like the mark this like steam community page and that fixes like a ton of stuff apparently i thought about like i own it on steam now and I thought about replaying it uh, with the patch just to like see some of the content I never got to see because I had to literally look away from crazy particle effects so my game didn't crash. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do like a retrospective and play through Bloodlines 1 again and see if it holds up. It probably does not but because uh, like the shooting and stuff uh, was awful. But um, I don't know. This is something I'm super excited for. I don't remember the release date, but I feel like it's soon. Or maybe they didn't give one, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. But it seemed put together. Like, the gameplay footage they showed was, like, a full mission. And, like, you walk around one of the hubs and everything about it seems great to me. (laughs) Well, we should do a video on it 
when it comes out and you eventually pick it up. I will. Yeah, what's the, so what is your number two? Well, you already, we already talked about it. It's Watch Dogs Legion. And mm. it's a good thing that it's on both of our lists to give us a chance to correct the, our release expectation. It was, I looked it up. It's March 6, 2020. Oh, no. Not <laughs> uh, fall this year. So, uh, yeah, correction. But yeah, it's just uh, something about that trailer that they showed, like that extended gameplay, just really blew me away. Uh, the fact yeah. that you can recruit just about anybody from the population and that they all have their own lives they're fully voiced they're like fleshed out characters that have like background missions and like background stories for you to like play and learn about that just really blew my mind when i was watching it Uh, like i i put in our notes for uh the ubisoft press conference in all caps how is this possible (laughs) because uh yeah i was just constantly sort of blown away by what that game was doing so it's also it's just that it's that ubisoft game design where you enter a situation and you need to complete an objective with a bunch of guards surrounding it, like that Far Cry formula sort of where there's like encampments that you have to get in and accomplish something. But with this, because it's set in modern times, they can be just like crazy setups. And also you have so many more tools at your disposal. Like with Far Cry, it was basically just like, hey, kill everybody. (laughs) But with this, it's like, hey, like hack a bunch of, cameras and figure out where the server room is or just like send your drone up into the air and like see if you can get in through a window like never even set foot on the premises and you've like accomplished your goal by just like doing it remotely which is super fun yeah well and this kind of similar to what i was saying about luigi's mansion 3 and even destiny 2 honestly the reason why watchdogs made my list and so high up on my list was because it was Initially, a game that I was aware of, but wasn't really anticipating, kind of didn't think I would care. And I was so blown away by what they showed that it easily jumped to like my top list of things I'm most anticipating as far as like games I'm going to get to play within the next year, you know. So, yeah, I gave it a lot of credit for that, for the fact that it was able to show me a game that I didn't think I'd care about and make me that excited about it. So, (laughs) What is your number one? I bet we both have the same number one. I don't know. Really? Yeah. My number one is the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. I did not put that on my list. Really? This was, I mean, this was the only good one more thing of the show. And, you know, I love one more thing. Yeah. And the the way they did it, I already talked about this, but the way they did it where they like slowly revealed that it was... Breath of the Wild, and then at the end of the trailer, like, no music, like, volume to zero, just white text on the screen, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is in development, just, like, it gave me chills, like, uh, Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest games, I guess, like, probably ever, and my mind is ablaze thinking at all the things they can do, since they already have the world, we already know it's the same Hyrule, like, the thing we discussed is like they had so many ideas for DLCs, they were just like, let's make another game. So the palette is set. They have the world, but you know, years have passed, I assume, since the events of the last one. So, like, who's to say how the world has evolved? But just like to start with that baseline, you have the engine, you have the map, use all of your development time for improving things. Like, I don't know, man, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, And 
I think we were speculating. You can go watch our Nintendo recap. We kind of got into speculating what the game was going to be like. And a thing I don't think we mentioned was that it, it almost looks like the tra- in the trailer, uh, when it cuts to that wide shot where you see like all of Hyrule and you can see the castle there in the middle, there's like this sort of explosion of like dust and smoke all around it. And like, is that the castle like raising up into the air like a rocket? That's what I took it to be. Yeah. Um, is it sinking into the ground? Like it could be anything and we don't know. Well, I mean... The first thing that happens in Breath of the Wild, basically, is all of the towers raise. Mm, yeah. So I assume it's the same, basically the same technology where just like now the the entire castle is raising up, you know? Yeah. And what an interesting way to like change the landscape that we already know so well by now mm. in, in an interesting way and sort of give you, even though you're probably going to revisit the castle at some point during that game like change it in a way that is interesting so it doesn't just feel like you're playing the same game again. You know, something else we didn't talk about, Breath of the Wild made headlines and was famous for being able to play the way you want where like right when you get out of the Great Plateau, you can make a beeline for the end of the game. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be the case here? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I can see that Do you think it's going to be, will it be the same formula where you're locked off maybe again on the Great Plateau and you have to complete a series of like, get all your powers or like, this is the game basically. And then you're let loose. Or do you think you're just let loose from the get go? Like, is this a Skyrim situation where you have to do an intro story bit? Or like, what is the out like outlook of like the first hour of this game? You know, it's hard to say because it, we talked about it a little bit, but like, Are you going to have to redo the shrines? Are they going to be completely different? Especially if this is like the same Hyrule that we just completed in Breath of the Wild. Like, how are they going to change it in a meaningful way where it's like Mm -hmm. a noticeable difference? So it doesn't just feel like, well, they padded this game out by letting you redo all the stuff you did in Breath of the Wild. But now the castle is like up in the air and... There's a different bad guy. I would still be on board for that. I mean, I do think it's going to come down to whether it's co-op and you can play as either Zelda or Link. That's one option. The other option is, well, this time when that Ganon wakes up, maybe he snatches Link and then you play as Zelda. And then that would be crazy. And I would love that. And in that way... You change the entire way the game is played because Zelda and Link don't have the same abilities. Like Zelda has more like... No Master Sword. Yeah, no Master Sword. Zelda has more like magical abilities, I would say. Ooh. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, what about that? What if what if it's that different of an experience where you almost don't have man. to even pick up weapons, but you have essentially all the... like. In Breath of the Wild, there are all these different weapons, like one's the fire sword, one's the electric sword, and you have, you need to utilize them in key areas of the game. Like maybe there's a shrine where part of the challenge is to get electricity from point A to point B. Well, now you don't even need to use weapons. So that issue people complained about where swords and shields kept breaking too easily. Now you don't even have to worry about that at all because Zelda just has these cool abilities that you're maybe she's learning or she's picking up somehow you know this makes so much sense like this slots into that rumor i guess it's not a rumor because they've already said 
But that uh, information where they said they had too many ideas for DLC, because I could see someone like in a boardroom being like, what if there's a DLC where you play as Zelda and like, this is different, this is different, this is different. And everyone else was just like, this opens way too many doors. <laughs> this could be its own game. Hey, let's just make this another game. Yeah, that I could definitely see that being the case. I need you to justify whatever your number one is, because I'm. it's crazy to me that it's not Zelda 2. Well, so my number one is a game that is coming out this year. And I feel like I learned more information about it at E3 that has me excited to play it. And I didn't put as much on the sequel to Breath of the Wild because that's a long ways out. Like probably that's fair. Probably not even next year. Or if it is next year, it, like late next year. I bet I predict next November, I bet. Because I bet we'll see a ton of gameplay at E3 next year. And then because they're going to have to compete with PS5 and whatever the Xbox is called. Yeah. So they're going to be like, hey, forget about those. This Christmas, instead of buying a PS5, buy this crazy game. Buy Breath of the Wild 2 bundle and get a Switch Pro. Oh, man. What about that? That sounds <laughs> great to me. Uh, no. So my number one is The Outer Wilds. Mm, is it wait, Outer which one is Worlds? That is I don't even know the name of my number one game. <laughs> I know. Which one is the one you're talking about? Is it the time loop one or is it the one from the makers of New Vegas? Makers of New Vegas. That's Outer Worlds. That's yeah, what that, I meant. That looks great to me. I I get that. That, that, that seems like it, it's going to be a great game. And the reason for that is like I'm a big fan of Bethesda and Bioware games of past ones. And this looks like the type of game that they used to make, but they don't make anymore. You know what I mean? Where like yeah. <laughs> Bioware is making Anthem and they, they're going for this like cooperative online shooter and they've sort of went from being like these really good character driven, like story driven games where combat wasn't so good. And they've just sort of transitioned to doing the opposite where they're trying to make a really satisfying combat game that you can mm -hmm. play online with friends and the story is now not so good. And the same kind of thing for Bethesda, where they used to make, you know, the Elder Scrolls games and they used to make the Fallout games and they were like combat was sort of iffy in those games. But the story and characters and the, the world was very good, very interesting. But now they're doing Fallout 76, where there basically is no story and it's all about <laughs> like exploring a world in co-op and getting into combat. So this game looks like the type of game that they used to make that they just don't make anymore. And that's why it's my number one game, because I want to go back to that style of a game, a game where there is dialogue and choices to be made. And there's a, a lot of characters to interact with. And combat is not necessarily at the forefront, but it still has its own interesting twist to it. Yeah, I like this. This seems like a game with like a ton of interwoven systems yeah. where like you can be good at speech or... Like, again, this is probably a game where you can, like, put points into hacking or put points into, like, into, the, like, the gunplay like, if you want to and, like, put that into the... But it also have seemed, seems to have basically VATS as well. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a lot of things that are is very similar to Fallout because it is the developers behind... I, I want to say the original Fallout games and New Vegas. Aren't they all, like... I think you're... Yeah, it's a couple of different people that all combine... Yeah for this pedigree 
So that's very exciting to me as well that uh, like they're going back to what made those games great and they're just sort of adapting it to an entirely new universe. And pretty much everything I heard about it uh, is very, very exciting to me. They didn't show much during the Microsoft conference. It was mainly a cinematic trailer, but... They started off with it, though. Yeah, they let off with it. They're very confident in it. And it's definitely the kind of thing that I, now I think the developers are owned by Microsoft. They are, yeah. So I'm thinking if this game does well, maybe we get an Outer Worlds 2 and it's even bigger. Because they, they're going to have the budget to do it because they're owned by Microsoft now. <laughs> what is the release date? It is October 25th. Ooh, that's coming up. Yeah, so this fall, it is kind of like the primetime game, I guess, that's hitting in uh, October. I guess aside from Luigi's Mansion, but like, I don't know. I haven't super into this game. And I really want to play it. So, <laughs> I, and I Yeah, this is something I probably will. Do you think you'll get it on PC? Yeah, I'm definitely going to get it on. I, I already like flagged the Steam page so that I can just go there and grab <laughs> it when I, when it comes out. So uh, anyway, do you want to do some honorable mentions before we get to our game of show? Yeah, uh, I guess my first honorable mention, we didn't talk about it, but I mean, I think it's just because it's you don't go around every day saying the sky is blue because it is. But Doom Eternal looks like something that's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, like 100 percent. I'm going to play that. Yeah, but uh you know, it's not like a super bold statement to say that's probably going to be an amazing game. Yeah, same. I, I also have that as an honorable mention. I also had uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and then Zelda Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah. That's coming out soon, too, isn't it? I want to say that's either September or, yeah, September 20th. That's great. Uh, and then I also had Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, lot, a ton more info on that at E3. Yeah, I liked what I saw from that. Like the um, the wild area that they showed seemed pretty cool to me. So uh, I'm into that game. And then uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I, oh, yeah. I specifically want to highlight because I think they did themselves a bit of a disservice in showing what they showed the way they showed it. Like they didn't show the most interesting stuff that they could have shown. Basically, I heard that there was a behind closed doors demo that was shown and there are like multiple different planets that you can fly to. And it's a little bit like Mass Effect and that you have a ship that's sort of a hub area where you can walk around Ooh. and talk to people and you can go to any of the planets in any order. And like there was a whole bunch more like interesting details about the game that got shown behind closed doors and not mentioned during the like gameplay and the gameplay was yeah i did not get any of that yeah the gameplay was fairly dry like that was not the most interesting thing they could have shown um i was into it i kind of liked what i saw even though i thought it was fairly dry compared to what they could have shown but yeah i think that game is going to be pretty cool even though i'm kind of not into star wars anymore i am into that game I'll say also uh, Animal Crossing oh, was yeah. something I'm interested in. And Final Honorable Fantasy VII Remake. Oh my God, we forgot about that. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I almost thought that was going to be on your list. Well, I thought about it because I was like looking through like important things that happened at E3 and I saw Final Fantasy VII Remake and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely going on the list. But then I realized like, like this is cool, but we also don't know any kind of like what the length is and like, like it's crazy. The stuff they've shown is all like 
basically within the first hour of gameplay pretty much like they've shown that big they showed a ton of that big scorpion boss from the first uh reactor you shut down they showed you know like cloud meeting uh Aerith or Eris, however you want to say it Eris morn <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know man like they have said that uh wall market is going to be in the game like the crazy cloud cross-dressing thing is going to be in the game we've seen any of that i guess we've seen stuff from we saw motorcycle stuff but it seems like it's not in the right place. And like we've seen some Shinra Tower stuff, but also like like Red 13 is, I mean, if this is all of Midgar, Red 13 is going to be in this game towards the end. So like, what's that going to be like? We haven't seen anything about that. Like there's too many question marks, but I'm very excited. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't want more. Maybe I want it to be a surprise, but I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII right now again. And I have, I'm like jonesing for that nostalgia. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I just uh, I guess I want to know more, but I don't want to know more. It's kind of a juxtaposition. Yeah. To be fair, I think a lot of people have questions about like ongoing support and how they're going to continue the. I guess do they refer to them as episodes or what? I don't know how they break it up. They did. So they gave a release date, right? That was the big thing. I don't remember what it is. It's next year sometime. <laughs> but like. I don't know, man. Yeah, how is it going to be? Like, if this is just Midgar, I'm playing through this game. There's a ton of stuff that happens. Like, there's three discs worth of stuff that happen. Like, you don't even leave the first disc until way after Midgar. And they've said they're going to flesh out Midgar? I don't know. I just, like, like what is, what again, like, what is the first hour of this gameplay? Like, it's not going to mirror exactly. Um, I'm very excited for this game. Don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm bashing it. I'm super excited. I'm definitely going to get it. But, uh... I don't know. I think the reason it didn't make my list was because, like, the reason too, Deathloop... Too many things unclear. Exactly. The reason Deathloop I'm super excited about was so high on the list was because uh, I just don't know any... There's no... There's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, that's fair, I think. Um, anyway, do you have a game of show? I gotta say it's Cyberpunk 2077 just because, like, sites that aren't gaming news sites were blogging about that. Like, the fact that Keanu Reeves busted out on stage... <laughs> We talked about this when we went over it, but like that's a that's a moment that I like go around on YouTube and try to find reaction videos of because like even though it wasn't a one more thing, it had the energy of a one more thing, and uh, like definitely Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Even though they had that behind closed doors, I feel like that's the game everyone was walking out of E three talking about. That's going to be one of those like classic E three moments that people remember for yeah. like the rest of time, basically because it was so cool, but. The only reason I put it at number five when Cyberpunk was my number one on my most anticipated things being at E3 was because I was disappointed that it was another behind closed doors demo. Mm. And the only thing they showed at Microsoft was just another cinematic trailer. I mean, it was super cool that they revealed uh, the release date and Keanu Reeves and that was all super cool. But like to not get any gameplay in there afterwards. I I was like sitting there. I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Now show the gameplay. And then it moved on to something else. (laughs) Uh, So that was the only reason it was number five and not higher up on the list. But uh, yeah, I'm also super looking forward to that game. I don't think they're going to make their estimated release date. I think it's going to get pushed back, but I'll remain hopeful that maybe they can get there. So my game of show was Watch Dogs Legion. Ooh, tell me why. So I had it as my number two on my top five games, but uh, I think a lot of it was, one, it was that element 
that I kept talking about that where I wasn't anticipating this game and I was so blown away by what they showed that I'm now suddenly super interested in it. And that, that was not <laughs> like, I already knew I wanted to play the outer worlds. Um, I didn't know I wanted to play watchdogs Legion, even after seeing or like seeing the leak information, the fact that they were then able to like pull me in that way was uh very big but also they just showed so much of it you know what i mean like most every other game on this list other than maybe like final fantasy 7 remake it was either cinematic trailers or like very short snippets of gameplay a lot of stuff hidden behind closed doors um so the fact that they were like this is our game look at all this gameplay let me blow you away with it uh, I just I gave them a lot of credit for that. So yeah. So yeah, our games of the show, I guess, are Watch Dogs Legion and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Now, I want to rank the shows so that we can say, well, we don't necessarily have to rank them, I guess. Um, but I, I just want to know who won E three. I think. Hmm. I think it's a toss up between Microsoft and Nintendo because I really? think Microsoft had. A pretty good press conference. I mean, they had the Keanu Reeves reveal, which that in and of itself is great. But Nintendo also, they had my formula, basically, of, like, what's going on in the beginning? What is this? And granted, it was something I didn't care about. It was, like, a Dragon Quest character for Smash. But they had that. They had the one more thing. And they had a ton of gameplay for different games. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Nintendo wins, but... I, I mean, was gonna that say Keanu Reeves is so hard to deal with. Really, like to me, it's Nintendo by a country mile. Like nothing is even close. Uh, I like Keanu Reeves, though. I mean, Keanu Reeves. Though it was a cool moment, but like, what other thing about that show was worth yeah. like stacking up against what Nintendo? You're brought? right. You're right. I mean, like, it, it is Nintendo. You're right. Like the Outer Worlds was the first thing as an opener, which is a cool. It's it's a game I'm looking up, looking forward to. It's my number one. It doesn't meet my formula thing, but yeah, it doesn't meet the formula because we already knew about it. And there was no gameplay like yeah. the, the thing that I, I really I think Microsoft disappointed because they didn't have Sony to sort of take the um, sort of shoulder some of the load of all these different developers wanting to announce or show off their game. And so Microsoft was like, sure, the more the merrier. And they just had so many cinematic trailers and they spent- also how insane is it that. Halo had a cinematic trailer a year later with no gameplay. Yeah, still no gameplay for so many things. And like even Cyberpunk, when we've already seen like a 40, 50 minute demo from last year, they still didn't have any gameplay to show. It's Nintendo. You're right. Nintendo definitely won this E3. Just like Breath of the Wild, that Banjo-Kazooie thing, which we didn't talk about, which was a great reveal. Yeah. Astral Train looks awesome. Animal Crossing. Yes. They've been waiting for Animal Crossing since the Switch came out. They had a ton of stuff about the new Pokemon game, which people are super hot on. Link's Awakening. Luigi's Mansion 3. It was it was a great press conference, I have to say. It was. And one of the shortest, which is crazy. And the thing is, Nintendo has the right formula that I wish everyone, like Sony, Microsoft, all of them would adopt. And it is, like, we don't have to do this big stage show. Here's, like, we're going to show some gameplay of stuff. We're going to do, like, a direct. And then, like, after that, we're going to do, like, three or four days in a row of, like, four to six hour live streams where we like literally go around and like they've built this like Walt Disney World style 
like room that has all these cool things to see that people can walk through. And like the Luigi's Mansion 3 thing that they showed, it was literally like they had built like the lobby area of like a hotel that you could walk into and like they had characters there and everything. That's very cool. And uh, basically it's an opportunity for them to like literally show off the games because if they didn't have time to really get into like you could do what Microsoft did and have like 60 cinematic trailers or whatever it was during the like press conference part of it but then you have to follow that up and instead of like behind closed doors demos give us those like four hour long live streams like day after day where you're going around and literally you have like the devs and like a presenter and he's asking questions about the game and they're literally showing you gameplay of it like that's the best formula for what E3 should be going forward, I think. I have to say, though, I love the spectacle of a stage show. Yeah. And like I said, I'm fine if Microsoft wants to do like a spectacle stage show where they have like the Keanu reveal and everything. Um, but you have to like, I want to see some gameplay, too. And if they don't have <laughs> yeah, if sure. they don't have time to do that during their like super packed stage show, do follow that up, you know? I agree. Yeah, definitely more gameplay is better. And I'm sure next E3, I'm sure like this was just laying in wait for the next generation. Yeah. And I'm sure next E3 is going to be the one where they're like, here is gameplay. This is ga like because that's the appeal of a new console. Like this is running in engine right now on this console's hardware. So I'm sure that's what we'll see at E3 next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You could tell this E3, especially from Microsoft's perspective, was really just prelude to next year when they can actually show their console they can show games running on it um they can talk about the next generation of games and like the the launch lineup that they they have I, it felt like a lot of developers were sort of holding back a little bit there was a lot of um here's a remake here's a you know dlc for a game that already exists that you already know about here's just another cinematic trailer for a game that you already know about. And if they did announce a new game, it was a cinematic trailer that really told you nothing about the game. Yeah. And they didn't even give a release date because I think they're, again, holding that back. And I think part of that is just like we're in an awkward phase where like maybe Deathloop, like that probably is a next gen game. But can they show you gameplay of it yet? Because the, the consoles haven't really actually been announced yeah. yet so they're sort of stuck in this weird holding situation so i don't know i feel like next year's e3 sony had better come back and it had better knock our socks off which i'm sure it will i'm sure yeah i'm sure they're working on like horizon zero dawn 2 i bet will be a launch oh title. yeah probably i gotta get that i'm sure it's like 20 bucks right now and i, I really good. have to play that it's super good you should definitely get it well is this uh the final e3 video for a while or do we have more stuff to talk about e3 uh we got one more thing to do here in this here podcast what worst of e3 what do you got um i like final fantasy 7 but i think i gotta give it to square that was the hardest press conference to watch <laughs> It was bad. Uh, EA at least was only like I only cared about Apex Legends, so I just watched. Well, I mean, Fallen I guess there Order. was the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, the Star Wars thing was fine, but uh, they need to change their that formula. Least, I think. Yeah, that was. I mean, whatever. EA is bad, but that Square one was just like it felt like it was two hours, and it was just constantly like, 
oh, there's this and there's this and I haven't even heard of this and like, oh, here's another one of these. Yeah. And also, here's this Avengers game that looks awful. That was my worst of E3 thing. That was the only thing I actually put down. Well, I put down mobile games as well, like Commander Keen and Gears Pop. Like <laughs> I forgot about like, that. Stop showing mobile games at E3. Nobody cares. Also, Battletoads look dumb. I don't have a lot of nostalgic for Battletoads. Sorry if you like Battletoads, but I, I thought the game looked bad. So yeah, and Marvel's Avengers, I like. You're right that Ubisoft, like, it's definitely or Square. Sorry, Square. Yeah, Square. It's down to Square or EA as far as who had the worst conference. Um, I feel like it's Square gets it because it was longer. EA, I think I only watched EA for like maybe 20 minutes well, so and it was just... That was the the thing. Like with EA, you knew, okay, they're starting with Star Wars. We definitely want to see that. Here's some stuff about Apex. I'll watch that. The rest of it I know is going to be sports, so I'm out. I don't care now. Um, exactly. But with Square, you're like, I got to find out what this Avengers thing is. And then you and get to it end. and it's super disappointing. <laughs> it's the like almost the last thing they do. So you have to wade through like yeah. an hour and a half of nonsense. And then their coverage of that even was just like, here are all the voice actors sitting like backstage. Like, who cares? Yeah, it was still all cinematic stuff and talking to the voice actors. And it wasn't, I don't know. I feel like they spent a long time on it and told us essentially nothing we didn't already know from like leaks and rumors. I, I'm glad we're in agreement that, like, what even was that? I have no idea. I think at first I was, like, not sure what to think. But then when we talked it out during our uh, our Square recap, I think I am, like, almost mad about how dumb that that <laughs> reveal was. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I don't know that we have any more E3 videos to do. Maybe we'll do some – maybe we'll do a video about speculating about what next year's E3 will be like. Maybe we should speculate a Game Awards, such a, some sort of thing like that. I'm into that. They usually have some good reveals. I I predict that uh, the final Smash character will be re- revealed there. Well, but the cool thing about the Game Awards is not only can we speculate on what's going to get announced, but we can speculate on who's going to win awards. True. Do you have a front runner for this year's game of the year, do you think? Uh not yet. Not personally. I do know that the Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, I actually mean Outer Wilds this time, <laughs> is sort of getting uh like an early Dark Horse candidate for mm. game of the year. A lot of people are speaking very highly of that game. I was watching Game Informer, and I think this is shocking, but they whoever was that was either reviewing fire emblem three houses or was like covering it for something actually ben hansen put it to her straight was like do you think anybody's going to be talking about this like at the end of the year for consideration of like a top five list or like game of the year and she was like you know honestly maybe i would so Hmm. uh, maybe who knows it just depends on if you like that style of game, I guess. Switch exclusive, though, right? It is, yeah. It's always been a Nintendo exclusive series, but uh, I don't know. What else have I played this year? I think for me, I would highlight some indies that are definitely not going to get any sort of coverage at the end of the year, I think. Maybe they'll get like some honorable mentions or something, but... Apex was this year, right? Yeah. Oh, was yeah, that yeah. last year? No, Apex was this year. For sure, that'll get um, some mention at the end that'll of the year. That'll get some noms. For sure. Um, but I would say Katana Zero. We did a video oh, on yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that game, and I highly recommend 
playing that game. I think that's like a dark horse candidate for me being uh, on the top five list or maybe a, a dark horse for game of the year even. I don't know if I, I'm that high on it, but I, I loved that game. I played it through probably three or four times. Oh, wow. Um, well, part of that was, one, I played it through because I it was the first time I played it through. And then after that, it was I did we did a video on it so i had to record gameplay and then there was like you can unlock a special room at the end where you can unlock different katanas that have like special effects so i wanted to go back through the game to figure out how to unlock them all and then i wanted to go back through to try them all out so i ended up playing it a bunch of times um but it's super good uh i think sekiro shadows die twice will get some noms oh yeah yeah i forgot about that I also played Shakedown Hawaii, which nobody's going to mention, but that was a really fun game. <laughs> uh, you played Baba is You. You think that will get? Oh, yeah, I would like that as a dark horse. I mean, I think the, the difficulty ramps up a little high towards the end. Yeah. But and some of the ways you have to solve puzzles are kind of, I think, unfair. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, that was a great little game. I don't know that it's like game of the year material, but I think it would could definitely get like like best indie uh, game of the year or something like that. Yeah, or like some sort of design, mm, uh, yeah. like best puzzle game or something like that. I bet you people talk about Tetris 99 as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as like yeah. a like great sort of surprise battle royale situation. Who knows? Maybe uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 will be... I would like that. Uh, like, I think that maybe could get there. Obviously, the Outer Worlds, I think will probably be in the conversation. Um, what else is even coming out later this year? We should do a vid on... Uh, Release dates? What to expect, yeah. I, I did. Just like, I made a calendar. Well, look forward to that uh, coming up in this uh, YouTube channel slash podcast feed. I'll try to see if I can figure out a way to share the calendar. So if you guys want to, you can add it to your Google Calendar and then you'll see release dates. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, we'll just do a video and talk release dates. So anyway, uh, you have anything else? No, I think that wraps up another season of E3 coverage, unless you want to do E365 and <laughs> keep talking about it. I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of these games over the course of the year. So if you want to yeah. really think about it that way, the coverage will not stop. Yes. Keep your eyes locked to this feed. Uh, but yeah, I it's been too long since we recorded a podcast and we've been a little bit running behind on doing the the e3 rap show but uh highly recommend going to check out our recap videos if you haven't uh otherwise yeah yeah follow us on twitter at starside cafe and uh, send us an email to tell us what your top five things that e3 were at starsidecafe at gmail.com and we'll catch you on the next one goodbye goodbye